0: Ready to go? Mm-hmm. Gabby Ash, Aerial I thank you very, very much for coming to the studio today. Really appreciate it. But I must say, I'm feeling under pressure a bit because you were telling me you used to study journalism, so I feel like you're going to be analysing all my questions, picking apart... Or my every move, analyze my phrasing, all that kind of thing. I'm a bit nervous.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did mainly like news writing kind of journalism, so nothing in the podcast kind of realm. So now you're all good.
0: But but you didn't like journalism, you were telling me.
1: Well, not that I didn't like it. Um, it was interesting, but I just reckon there's something out there that's probably better suited to me.
0: And what's that? Have you discovered that yet or are you still kind of on the journey to discovering it?
1: I'm still on the journey, I'd say. Um, but, yeah, I'm hoping it's in the um, area of design. I mm. think that's pretty interesting. So
0: so you're doing design at where? – where is it you're doing it?
1: At Melbourne Uni.
0: At Melbourne Uni. Okay. Yeah. You at Monash before?
1: Were you? I was at Monash before, yep.
0: Yeah, right. And you've just started design this year? Yeah. Yeah, cool. All on campus?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, some of my lectures are online, but – Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so – Mix.
0: How did – well, when you are at Monash and you were going out – skiing everywhere, all over the place. How how do you juggle uni and skiing?
1: Um, Well, the way our year's kind of structured, well, the way it has been, it's probably going to be a bit different this year. Um, um, Semester one, we were mainly like home or like um, maybe in Brisbane. Um, So I was able to do... Actually, the pandemic helped funnily enough because it was all in line. I could kind of do it from wherever I was. Um, But the past few years, I've had to take semester two off, um, just because I've been away, and mm. yeah, it's not really feasible with the yeah. some of the online subjects. So
0: yeah, so that yep. lengthens the, mm. the length of your course, right? Yeah, yeah, so yep. you, like double the time. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, But your sister Sophie was sitting in that very chair mm-hmm. uh, just what two three weeks ago or something, and obviously she was at the Winter Olympics. You were at the Winter Olympics very recently. Both super successful skiers. Mm-hmm. So with that kind of thing running in the family, there's got to be some... It can't be a coincidence, right? There's got to be some physical or mental trait that you share or something in your development that's made you just so good at skiing.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess our parents both gave us plenty of opportunities when we were younger to explore sports. Like, And we both started skiing very early. Um, both did gymnastics, so both had that acrobatic awareness. Um, yeah, and we were just like... I guess growing up, you have friends who, I don't know, we were the ones who would run around and climb trees and be a bit fearless, where like you'd have friends who would, like, you would be scared of heights or you wouldn't go on certain rides or something like that. So I guess just from a young age, yeah, we had that kind of fearlessness or go getter attitudes, yeah. I guess.
0: <laughs> Was there much falling out of trees?
1: No, oh. there wasn't. Not that I remember. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Up,
0: up there like a cat. Yeah, That's,
1: exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. And she did like trampolining at national level, right? Yeah. Did, did you get to that kind of level?
1: No, non-trampolining. I tried oh, yeah. trampolining a bit. Yeah. just for gymnastics. For uh, gymnastics? Oh, gymnastics? Um, Yeah, kind of. I stopped when I was 10 and then I um did diving for yeah. the next seven or so years. Um, But that was probably more my main sport.
0: mm yeah, well, maybe we'll talk about diving a bit later. But you two would have had a fair influence on each other, right? In how your careers developed, well, even now and when you're kids, just all along the all along the track.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think Sophie's had a major influence on me. I don't know about me so much on her, but I guess <laughs> <laughs> like she was the older sister. Like, you know, when you're young, you just follow whatever the older sister does. Like, if she climbs mm-hmm. a tree, I'll climb a tree. If she goes on a trampoline and tries like a some sort of crazy skill, I'll give it a try. Mm. Um, so she definitely pushed me when I was younger and then, um, she's always skied and I kind of diverted from skiing and, um, yeah, I guess then found my way back to skiing through her cause she kind of told me about the aerials program. Mm. Um, so yeah, I tried out for them, and then here we are.
0: Yeah. She definitely seems like a good influence, definitely not a bad mm. egg, anything yep. like that. But does she, is, the, is she the type to like, sit you down and say, oh, listen here, Gabby, here's my advice for you or not really?
1: Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> right.
0: uh, has she given you any little nuggets of advice, anything like that, or is it just more general influence?
1: Um, I say more general influence. She also gave me a lot of her hand-me-down gear. So. Oh
0: yeah, okay, yeah, that's very good. Um, it's expensive, hey.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she initially she wasn't very happy about it, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so did you, the parents force her to, or?
1: Um. Well, I think she just Yeah, understood the expense of it in the end. <laughs>
0: okay. So it But I was This was when it, take- it like got too small for her and
1: No. Oh. Well I'm actually taller than her, so Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. So she it-
1: never grew out of it. It was more me just taking herself up.
0: <laughs> right, okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. But we'll talk about, because you obviously you were at Beijing together. Um mm-hmm. just very recently. What? When did you get back?
1: Uh Two Saturdays ago, I yeah, think.
0: Yeah, super recently. And she got back a bit earlier. But yep. maybe we'll talk about Beijing being there together a bit later. But um, your parents, because when there are siblings or individuals and siblings who are from super successful sporting backgrounds, very often the parents are kind of watching their every move and like big influence on their career, right? How, how do they treat your development coming up uh, as a skier? as an athlete in general, with diving and everything?
1: Mm. I'd say they had a bigger influence when I was diving um, because that was all in Melbourne. Like, And I was in school, so I was very reliant on them to take me to diving and help with training or what I need for training. Um, but aerial skiing, not so much, because it... Um, well, I guess the first year, yeah, they had an influence, but um, it's a lot of it is away from home, so... Yeah, I feel like my parents haven't really had much of an influence apart from kind of helping funded <laughs> yeah, right. um, and, like, supporting the process of it. But um, I guess the training and competition, like, they haven't really seen me much in the past few years, so.
0: Yeah. So when you were going away from home, how young were you when you were going on your first international trips?
1: Uh, well, for aerials, I started when I was 18, so.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah right. I was
1: just finished school.
0: And for diving, you it was all... Australia based?
1: Yeah, I only did domestic comms. So. Yeah, okay. Yep.
0: Yeah, gotcha. That makes sense. But th- were they big skiers themselves?
1: Yeah, I think they skied a fair bit quite a few years ago. Um, not so much now, but yeah.
0: Mm. And did did you and Sophie go to like, special sports schools or anything like that? Or was it fairly normal?
1: No, it's fairly normal. Like, I did go to, um, I don't know if you had a VCAS.
0: VCAS, what's it's like that?
1: Victorian College of the Arts okay. for two years. Um, yeah. that was she just... went
0: there, didn't she? Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: right. she did. Didn't? Yes, she did. Yeah. We didn't cross over, though. Okay. But she went for like art and I went for diving. But, yeah, it wasn't really necessary to go there. <laughs>
0: yeah. So wh- where did you go to school for the rest of it? Public school, private school?
1: Uh, I went to Wesley.
0: Wesley. Okay. Yeah, is that? In St. Kilda. St. Kilda. Yeah, right. So th- how do they... Is that very athletic school got lots of athletes coming out of there or?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. Um, St Kilda, yeah, we had a big rowing and like athletics um, program and I don't know, there's a lot of people in the arts though as well at St Kilda, mm-hmm. um, theatre and stuff. So, yeah, I think they produced some. Pre- there was actually three people in my year level Um have gone to the Olympics, which is pretty crazy. Mm, right. Two summer and then me who's a winter. Who are they? Um, Jemima Montag. Walker. Walker. Yeah. yeah. And Nick Lavery, he was rowing.
0: Right. Wow. Yeah. So those two are new. New. Those two and you. Yeah. With the three. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I know that that, that kind of environment um, for private schools um, often like makes or breaks people. Um, mm-hmm. with the well, certain pressures and um, – well, it was co-ed school, wasn't it, Obviously, Yeah. yeah um, but how did you find that experience of going there? Was it good?
1: Yeah, I really liked it.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's good. Why so? Well,
1: it was good fun. Like, we had a good year level. I think a lot of us go along. Um, good campus. I liked my teachers. Yeah, I think I had a good experience. Like, I'm sure not everyone would say the same, but – yeah, yeah so it.
0: would you recommend the future generations of Ash going to that kind of school? Do you reckon it's worth the expense?
1: I think it is, yeah.
0: Yeah, all right, that's yeah. good. Yeah, um, but Sophie, when she was here sitting in that seat, she talked a lot about um, like acknowledging the, the privilege she's got financially of going um, and being aware of it, mm-hmm. uh, going to like all across the globe for skiing and stuff. Is that something that is talked about much between you and that you think about as well?
1: Yeah, well, it's definitely, um, like, you do have to have money to be able to do our sports and, um, yeah, financially be able to afford living overseas and spending time overseas. Um, Definitely more so for Sophie, um, her growing up in skiing and doing mogul, she was, like, funding everything, like the whole camps, the coaches, um, yeah, everything. But in the aerials program, it's kind of nice because they do fund a lot of it um, for us since it's like, I guess they take um, gymnasts and divers, trampolinists, and then they just make them learn to ski. And so it's a bit more of a, I don't know, talent transfer, I guess. Um, So yeah, a lot more of it is paid for. So I just had to pay for flights and I guess like my food when I'm away, better else everything else is covered.
0: So, so it's it's easier to transition summer sport athletes into aerials rather than moguls mm. is what you're saying, yeah? Yeah. Right, okay. So, yeah, and that's why moguls, yeah, moguls doesn't get much funding, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So what's your – fund? like, do you have sponsors and stuff that help you out with gear and all that?
1: Yeah, well, the, the Olympic Winter Inst- Institute of Sport, like, I'm an athlete under them, so they have, like – Carbon and XTM who are their official sponsors and they give us all our uniform gear um, and then yeah I guess I don't have any personal sponsors but um, I guess through other people I've gotten like I don't know discounted ski boots or skis and yeah
0: mm. so with aerial skiing you, you're talking about how it gets more fun than mogul skiing right mm-hmm. but Maybe if it got ramped up even more, then they'll, yeah, obviously that probably goes hand in hand with more and more success. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's super hard for Australians to be successful in skiing because obvious reasons, right? But Australians are very demanding of wanting gold medals and medals of any kind. Mm -hmm. It's hard to come by in winter sports. So do you reckon Aerials needs or deserves more funding so we can get to that kind of level? Or are you happy where it's at?
1: I think where it's at, like... We get more funding than most of the other winter sports. So, um, yeah, I think we're pretty lucky to have the funding that we have. Mm. I think that, um, yeah, that's what is in the past is produced metals.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and now we've got that facility in Brisbane that, um, yeah, it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, that's it's the water ramp, mm-hmm. right? Can you tell me about that?
1: Um, yeah, so... I don't know if you know anything about water ramping, but... We've... Well,
0: Sophie told me a bit about it, but some yeah. people listening might not have heard that episode, so fill us in.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, so for um, water ramping, it's pretty much just um, exactly like the snow. You have the ramp, which is the same um, same kind of curve, same kind of jump as on snow, and then you just go off and then you land into water, and it's like plastic brittles on the ramp, so it kind of emulates snow. Um, and we do that all summer, or, well, I guess in Brisbane it'll be during winter, but it doesn't get that cold there, so yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you just pretty much do the exact same thing into water that you would do on snow, and it just um, removes some of that fear, or if you're, like, practicing a new skill, um, you don't have the variables, like, in winter we have, like, the wind and the snow, and, of course, you want to land or else it hurts, so... Mm. Um, yeah, it kind of removes all those variables and makes things a bit easier. Mm. But yeah, so in the past, I've spent the summers in Switzerland because they have water ramp there, and we kind of train with the Swiss team. Um, but they have like other ones in Park City in Utah in America, um, and Belarus around the world. Um, and yeah, so we just got that. When was it? In middle of twenty twenty. It got built, and so I spent a few months in 2020 when we couldn't travel anywhere, training on that. And, yeah, it was pretty sweet.
0: So you you got exemption to head up to Queensland and do that because it's your job or...?
1: Oh, yeah. That was a, <laughs> that was a long travel up there, though, because um, in 2020 we um, escaped the border closure of Victoria and New South Wales. We, yeah. like, rushed for the border yeah. of New South Wales, when they were closing, and then we got stuck in New South Wales for like two months, and so we're all trying to head up to Queensland at this point, um, Sophie included. And um, so,
0: just rewinding a there. when you're in New South Wales, you, yeah. what are you doing? You staying at motels, Airbnbs, or do they set you up with good yeah, no, places?
1: Yeah, we um, we got to ski in um, Perisher at that point. Okay, so right. like initially that wasn't the plan because we wanted to get up to Brisbane, but then yeah. of course at that time every State was, like, closing its borders, so it was, like, mm. very Crisis. difficult. Like, they weren't letting us into Queensland, no matter how many exemptions we tried to yeah. submit. Um So, yeah, we ended up spending around two months in um Jindaby and, in, like, skiing in out, which was pretty sweet because we don't usually get to spend much time, like, actually just properly skiing, so yeah, that was nice. Um But then, yeah, we kept trying to get to Queensland, but we couldn't. And then they finally said that if you weren't in, like, a – I guess a red zone in New South Wales, you could go to Darwin and then people from Darwin were allowed to go to Queensland mm. so we hadn't been in, like a red zone. And um, so we flew up to Darwin, spent two weeks like holiday there and we went first and I think Sophie and the Moguls crew came about a week after us and did the same thing and then from Darwin we went to Queensland and then we just stayed there for the rest of the year.
0: Oh, right. So yeah. how many months is that that you stay in Queensland or weeks?
1: Uh, I think I left in December, so, like, all up, I think we left around start, uh, end of May, start of June. Yeah, right. And, yeah.
0: Yeah, fair while. Yeah. Um, but, uh, are you, do, do you like being around cold, this is probably a question you get asked a fair bit, but do you like being around cold weather? Because Darwin's not very cold.
1: No, it? Darwin was so hot. Yeah. Um, see, I prefer summer than winter, but... But I'd say more like Melbourne summer versus Melbourne winter. Like, I love skiing and stuff, but I'm not the huge fan of the cold. Yeah, right. Mm. But I feel like a lot of winter athletes would say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you like your sport, but you being don't, cold you're not in isn't it. Yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. For sure. Yeah, we'll talk about that in the pocket profile as well. There's snow a bit annoying mm-hmm. being cold all the time, isn't it? We encourage people to check that out on the Patreon, the pocket profile. But when Sophie... Uh, was here, again, she was talking about her animation and how that's a massive thing for her, um, well, like equal with sport for focus almost and very, very, very dedicated to that. Do you have something that you're passionate about and that you really love doing outside sport that uh, kind of allows you to well, – what's a bit
1: of a distraction? Um, I don't have the same thing Sophie has with animation. No. Um, I know. I've kind of been searching for that – hobby or passion to yeah I guess coincide with aerials but so far I've just found like the balance of uni and aerials to be I guess enough keep me occupied um Mm. I know I like photography if I have time to go out and do that when I'm away that's a good hobby to kind of you know just get out and about um
0: how into it have you got have you got like the proper cameras and everything like that or is it just don't you find
1: I don't have fancy cameras. I have a film camera and okay. I've been trying to learn with like manual kind of yeah. film cameras. Um, so, yeah, just that. It's yeah. a bit different, bit of fun.
0: Yeah. Do you reckon you could get even more into that photography side of things, fancy cameras and all that or in the future?
1: Yeah, possibly in the future. Yeah. yeah I reckon that'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it would be pretty cool for sure. Um, but her, her animation stuff, do you... Check that out much. Are you a fan of her, fan of her work?
1: Yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. It's pretty cool, hey? It's so cool. Yeah, like, yeah everyone thinks it's so cool. And um, how she got a few, nominated for a few of the film yeah. festivals. International, like, it's awesome. Stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's incredible, hey. Yeah. Um, and you, you get like first access to that kind of thing, don't you? Like, does yeah. she show you all the drafts and things like that? Or.
1: Yeah, well, sometimes if I pop into study, should just be working on <laughs> working a computer on all day. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of work to produce what she does, and yeah, it's very cool.
0: Yeah, very yeah. cool indeed. But uh, I promise we we're going to talk about diving a bit before, and <laughs> uh, I want to talk about it now. Why was the? Why, why did you move to diving, and why was that the key focus um, for a period there?
1: Um, well, yeah, I was doing gym, and I was starting to get a bit more serious about it, and they were like. Saying that I pretty much had to miss school, and this was when I was around ten. So, and my t- at that time, my mum was like, "Yeah, no, you're not going to, you're not going to miss school like for gym." Um, so I tried a, um, oh what was it, a school holidays like diving class. I was a few days of it, and yeah, they were like, "Oh, like we think you have potential. Let's give it a try." And yeah, so I pretty much just started diving and then worked my way through it.
0: And gymnastics and diving mm. really go hand in hand don't they mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah well yeah you got the aerial awareness and like i guess the somersaulting you just have to it's interesting though because a few of my um teammates in gym like they also moved to diving when they found out i did um but some people just can't get over landing on your head because you don't do that in gym obviously like something's gone wrong if you land on your head sure. gym. um but yeah otherwise it's pretty similar
0: now, did you enjoy diving
1: yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's good. Um, and, yeah, just domestic level. But um, mm-hmm. do you reckon you could have taken that even further, potentially? Um, if you kept going?
1: Yeah, that was the aim. It was always the aim to get to, like, the common games and the Olympics. Oh, wow,
0: um, okay. Yeah. yeah. So And you stopped that at 18 or so, yep. was it? Yeah. yeah. And why did you stop it?
1: Yeah. Um, I guess I just lost my love for it really. Like I think it was kind of a few years coming um there'd be a f- there'd been a few like coach coaching changes in like the the area I was in and um yeah, I guess I just yeah, fell out of love with it and just I don't know, I didn't really want to spend my time doing it anymore. So, yeah.
0: So there's coaching changes. Mm. Different coaches uh suit different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why did these particular new coaches not really suit your style? What was it that they were perhaps doing wrong for
1: you? Um. Well, I was at that point. I think I'm trying to remember what year it was. Um, there was me and another girl who were actually trying to see if we could like qualify as a synchro pair for. I think it was like Rayo, but I think that was a pretty big stretch for us to get there. Yeah. <laughs> but they kind of said that to us, you got the potential, like let's try and up your DD like pretty quickly. Um, and so I was like, I don't know, trying like three and a half and different twisting things. And there was one day where I kind of, um, I was trying to do a simple dive, but I ended up getting like pretty lost in the air. And I ended up doing like a quad to my face off like the seven wow. meter. And they, you know, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that nice. But um, after that, I think I had a few days off and then I came back and I was just like petrified to do anything, like just jump or do like the simplest dive.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And then, yeah, that was kind of when like some new coaches came in and then, I don't know, like I kind of needed to see a sports psych at that time. Yeah. Okay. Um, And, yeah, I just don't think I ever really fully got back to like that – you know, I'm just going to chuck it. I'm just going to do it.
0: Yeah, so that one dive that really bit. changed. The yeah, part. I don't
1: know what happened. It just like I got the got the ick, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just kind of scared after that.
0: Yeah, well, mm. Simone Biles had a kind of similar thing at, mm. at Tokyo, didn't she? What yeah. What was that called? The, yeah, I. There's a name for that. Um, hold on, let yeah. me look it up.
1: I can't, can't remember what it, the. Yeah, I can't remember.
0: Um. I'm looking up Simone Biles Gymnastics Tokyo 2020. There's a name for it. It's Mm. killing me. might put some little elevator music or something for the listeners here. The twisties.
1: Okay. There we go.
0: Yes. Biles revealed that she was experiencing twisties. So that's a similar – there's a similar thing in diving, you're saying.
1: Mm. Yeah, I feel Is like that for lots sort of people. Like, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, well, even like people high level like her can get it. Um, yeah, and even I remember hearing about um, there was a um, ex aerial skier Jackie Cooper who was like very successful, mm. and I remember hearing that she kind of got that way. She just started getting lost in the air, and she didn't really know why. And it was, I think she described it as like, if you have a radio and you know when you're like not on the radio station and you're scanning and it's kind of like the buzzing noise. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of described it like that. Right. Um, Interesting. So it's just like, you're not quite, I don't know, quite there and you just don't know what's going on. But have you
0: had that in aerial skiing yet? No. Okay. I haven't. That's good. Hopefully, and hopefully
1: we'll never get that. <laughs>
0: hopefully never. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully never. But how did you yeah. get started in Because you mentioned before Sophie Mm -hmm. recommended something to you or something like that.
1: Yeah. So after I stopped diving, I think this was at the start of year 12, I stopped diving. And then halfway through year 12, I was like, I need another sport. Like, um, I need something to do. And around that time, they were doing... um, area recruitment so they literally just have a few days of like you come in you do an interview and then you do like basic gymnastic stuff and they kind of just see if you have potential I guess um and Sophie told me that was happening because she like obviously knew some of the people who are in the areas program already from just I know training with them um and yeah so I just tried out and yeah I guess I was initially just thinking oh I'll just like ski like a bit like I'll I don't really know what I'm getting myself into because I like, I feel like nobody really knows what aerial skiing is. Um and yeah, they accepted me and then yeah.
0: Yeah, incredible. <laughs> with you you and your sister, you both like if if you were someone was talking to you, they wouldn't automatically think that you're an athlete. There are some mm-hmm. people you can just tell they're an athlete straight away. But yeah, okay. you you wouldn't think it straight away with mm-hmm. you two. But clearly you've got a big passion for sport and you were saying there was a gaping hole when you weren't doing any sport between diving and aerials, right? Mm -hmm. So what is it about sport for you that kind of creates that big hole when you don't have it?
1: That's a great question. Um, I think it's just that, I guess, the feeling of being fit, for one, just, you know, you feel healthy, you feel good um, when you're doing sport or exercise. Um, And then probably more so the... I know, just a sense of achievement. Um, I don't know, you're kind of pushing the the boundaries a bit. Like if I was to stop aerials and let's say take up like soccer or something though, I don't know if I'd quite have that sense of achievement just because I suck at ball sports. But <laughs> um, like, yeah, with aerials you just get that such adrenaline. I don't know, it's just, it's not really like anything else that, well, that I've tried. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: yeah, well, it's not like much else that, to- like, people watch. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's a unique thing, isn't it? Do you watch much sport?
1: Not really, no. no?
0: Do, you, do you watch ski comps that you're not in and stuff like that on TV? or? Yeah, yeah.
1: Something
0: like that, yeah? yeah? But not, yeah. not into your footy or your soccer or anything like that?
1: No, no. not really. Yeah, <laughs> I feel so on melbourne like to say yeah. I'm not really into footy, but...
0: <laughs> no,
1: I have seen a game in person. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. Do
0: you remember who you saw? Nope.
1: nope. I think Richmond and someone... Else. I can't remember. It was quite a few years ago, though. Mm. But, yeah.
0: So going back to aerials, when you're starting mm. in aerials, what, what's it like? Is it scary?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the way you progress, though, like it's pretty slow and they make sure that you've got the basics before you actually progress to the next thing. So it's not as scary as you'd think. Um, but, yeah, as you start off, like I remember starting off at – we had this place in Lilydale that was um, water ramps as well before the Brisbane ramps were built. Oh, cool! And that was in a, into a pond, like a swamp kind of thing. Yeah. And it was like disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we started off like a mini jump, and you just do like straight jumps and or add a bit of spread or something. And you did heaps of those, and then you like finally just progressed to chucking a front salt or something or a back salt, mm. and yeah.
0: So, when you're starting off and kind of working on those fundamentals and basics, what are you doing off skis? Are you doing gym work and flexib- well, yeah, flexibility stuff, anything like that? Or
1: Gym work, yeah. Just like strength, power kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, not so much flexibility. Flexibility is more like, I guess, stretching is more um, injury prevention, but you yeah. don't really do that much of that. Um, what else? I love trampoline. Yeah, I'd say that, trampoline, bungee um, strength.
0: Mm. Yep. Do you remember your first proper jump?
1: Like a a flip? Yeah. On snow or on water?
0: Oh, On snow?
1: On snow. <laughs> well, yeah, funnily enough, we were at Buller and um, my coach, we were, I don't know if you've been to Buller, but um, there's a run called Shamwa and they usually have a mogul course set up there. And they used to have um, an Aerials World Cup there, like, back 2000s or, like, ages ago. Wow. Um, but they had these, like, tiny little mogul jumps. And um, we were just, me and this other girl were just, um, I do having some fun doing, like, straighters off it, adding, like, twisters and I don't know, just having fun. And then my coach was like, oh, why don't you chuck a backflip? And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um and she's like, okay, just, like, step up a bit, you know, you get more speed, and then, like, you'll be good to go. And I think I stepped up a bit, and I was kind of coming in with my arms up, and I was like, I'm way too slow. And I tried to, like, huck myself on the jump, and I ended up getting my skis, like, implanted in the snow, and then, like, sliding down the penguin. Oh. So that was, like, my first flip on snow. Um so, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: but no no big injuries from it? Anything? Like oh, no, no, that it was turned, fine. Like, it was, like, it was yeah, tiny, okay. so I literally yeah, just, like, yeah. kind
1: of just slid down and I was like, oh, I need more speed. <laughs> yeah. And then the next one was fine.
0: So, nowadays, how high up are you going on, on jumps?
1: Um, over 10 metres, I'd say. Wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and do you get scared now at all?
1: Like, yeah, I, yeah, I still get scared. Um Not so much for the trick. It's more like the conditions that would make it scary. Like the wind affects us a lot. So Mm. if there's like a headwind, which um, it will slow you down. um, I know you can like land at the top of the hill and kind of that hurts a bit. Or if there's a tailwind, it makes you go a lot faster. And obviously if you're faster, you're bigger, you're flipping faster. And then you have the potential to to crash a lot harder.
0: Yeah, because watching the Winter Olympics... Something that I didn't even think about, didn't expect, watching the aerials, it, like, mm. I guess it's the coach saying, telling the skier when to go because mm. for a certain, waiting for a certain gust of wind or something yeah. like that, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see them, like, shuffle up or down, depending on what the coaches say. Like, yeah, if I say like, tailwind, they'll say, like, step down because you'll go too fast or mm. headwind, step up. Yeah. Speed. Yeah.
0: Maybe it's a different event, but are there multiple, um, like, the ramps that you can go... mm mm-hmm off in aerials. Yeah. So why are you choosing one or the other?
1: Uh, just kind of depends on your experience and your degree of difficulty. Like the people, so there's a, well, in like high-level comps, there's a double and a triple. And on the double, you do two flips. And then on the triple, you do three flips. Okay. Um, And obviously on the triple, there's a higher degree of difficulty than on the double. So you want to be on the triple, but like, well, for my for how long I've been in the sport, in my experience, I'm still only on the double because it's easier than the triple. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. Yep. Yeah. Now, is it, since you've like you would have done for a few flips and tricks by now, what was <laughs> the coolest one that you've done? Most fun. On snow. Yeah, on snow.
1: Um, or, or
0: can it just be one you're practicing on the water ramp. Even actually, anything.
1: Okay, okay. Well, on the water ramp, I've tried like a triple twisting double, so that's under either a two twists. In the first flip and then one twist in the second or one twist in the first and then two twists in the second. Like I said, that would be the coolest. I haven't done – I've only done one twist in the first and one twist in the second on snow. So that's pretty simple in like, you know. Yeah,
0: in aerials. In aerials. But, But yeah, you're new to the sport, so you've got plenty of time to improve that and, yeah, Mm -hmm. onwards and upwards, really. But when you're in the air and twisting and flipping and all that Mm – is there anything going through your mind or is it more just uh, kind of muscle memory type thing?
1: It's a lot of muscle memory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said, each jump is kind of different in the speed cause yeah, like the wind or whatever. Um, so I think as soon as you kind of take off, off the jump, you can tell if you need to like stretch, like if you're big or um, pull, if you're small, um, so, yeah, you're kind of always reacting, but it is a lot of muscle memory. And you kind of see the ground coming at you, so you're kind of able to adjust from there. And then you also have your coach yelling at you to, like, do stuff. So there's a bit of yeah, yeah. stuff going on. Yeah,
0: yeah do you, um, like, re- um, what kind of coach do you prefer? Do you prefer the yelly type or the more kind of calm, composed one that maybe pumps you up a bit less but is mm. less angry?
1: I prefer the calmer one. <laughs> okay. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've had both and um like I appreciate the pumping up kind of coach. And like I try and like I don't know, pump myself up through that but yeah, it just doesn't work for me. Mm. I think I get too like amped up and then I don't perform as well when I get super amped up. I need to be calm.
0: So mm. uh what did you, what were you trying personally when you were trying to pump yourself up and get amped up before? Like when you, before you kind of realize that that's not really a thing, you listen to loud music or,
1: um, not so much music. It's more well, yeah. The coach is just a bit more energetic, I guess. Um, so he kind of gives you a lot of things to like do or try, and um, I well, know. I things guess. things? There's in
0: like lots of different. Well, what What do you mean by lots of things?
1: Um, like. Um, yeah, I guess different things to like fix in the jump or doing the jump. Okay. Like, let's say, like, um, like on takeoff, to twist, you need to like drop an arm. So it might be like drop your right arm more aggressively in this one. And then mm-hmm. after you do that, make sure you're squeezing your butt or I don't know, like just yeah. things like that. Um, and I think when I have a lot of those kind of cues I gonna kind of get a bit stimulated and overstimulated and then that kind of makes me do worse than I would if I just I'm like okay just go do something nice and kind of be aggressive but mm. yeah if that makes sense oh <laughs> uh, yeah
0: I, I get what you mean but and when you're at the top of mm. the, the slope what's going through your mind then because and how long are you at the top four waiting to go down
1: um, well, it kind of depends. In comp, as soon as they say like the judges are ready, they'll start a clock and then you have 20 seconds to go. Yeah. Um, so like it's but not usually that long
0: between getting up there and then the judge, the judges saying they're ready. How long is that? It's like a few minutes or a few seconds.
1: It kind of depends. I would say, yeah, 30 seconds to a minute, maybe. Okay.
0: And yeah. what, what are you thinking for that 30 seconds to a minute?
1: Um, well, I'm usually trying not to think about anything too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I usually have like three or so keywords that I'm just like need to keep saying to myself, and then I always, always, I also always tell myself that I can do it. <laughs> I know that sounds so cheesy. No, yeah, it's good. But um, <laughs> yeah.
0: And what What are those keywords? Are they always different? Or?
1: No, they are usually always the same. It's just saying. Um, I usually just say to stay tight and to be confident and to stay calm. I know that kind of contradicts itself, but...
0: Well, it works yeah. for you, yeah. Well, yeah. It works. Got to the Olympics, clearly performing quite well. Yeah. I've been in it for five years or something. Yeah. yeah. yeah, Crazy. But during that five years, I had a look. I had a look at some of these stats. <laughs> 2021 at the World Cup in Deer Valley, I finished seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's quite good. It seems like a quite a good achievement. Pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that was my first top ten um, place. So yeah.
0: Mm. How did you feel there. about that in the moment?
1: Yeah, really good. Um, that was my first kind of world cup, like proper world cup. So um, yeah, it's pretty happy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why? Why were you so good on that one? What was it about your state of mind or just your form then? That got you that first top 10 finish?
1: Well, I guess like for me, because I am like fairly new to the sport, people don't really see me as a threat, which is fair enough. Um, So I kind of just, I don't know, have to go out and do my thing and kind of have fun with it. So I guess like that took off a bit of pressure and it was kind of just a bit more of fun and and I was like calm, having fun. And yeah, I think that's kind of what works for me.
0: Yeah. That's good. Um, Sophie was saying a similar thing, just kind of clearing her mind of all the thoughts that can distract her and everything like that. But that World Cup, Laura Peel, uh mm-hmm. you were talking about before, maybe it was in the pocket profile. Uh, your idol, uh, mm-hmm. incredible uh, in the sport. She's won two World Cups, two World Champs. She won that World Cup. What's what's she like as a as a person?
1: Um, yeah, she's awesome. She's very humble. Um, it's interesting because. Um, I don't know if you think about aerials and, like, obviously it's a pretty crazy sport and you kind of, people are like, you must be pretty insane to actually try that. Um, So maybe you think there's, like, big personalities out there and, I don't know, egos. Um, And there are, definitely. But she's, if you talk to her, she's very, like, softly spoken, very quiet. Like, she doesn't necessarily, like, demand attention when she walks in the room. Mm. But... um, Yeah, and yeah, she's very humble. Um, But she's just that kind of, I don't know, force we reckon with kind of underneath.
0: (laughs) Do you think there's something about that softly spoken, quiet, maybe introverted nature that Mm. ties in well with doing big flips and aerial skiing and all that kind of thing? Because um, lots of people in that aerial skiing world seem, seem to have that characteristic about her compared to other sports, especially.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah, you see a bit of a mixed bag. um, But definitely, like, I think that um, that kind of personality, I don't know, helps you you with aerials because, like, you do need to be calm. Like, you can't be too reactive in aerials or else you'll, I don't know, probably won't do as well. Um, So, yeah, I think... I haven't lost my train of thought. (laughs) Um, What was the question?
0: Um, About whether the kind of quiet, softly spoken nature Mm -hmm. ties in well with uh, aerials and, yeah, free soul skiing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it does um, because, yeah, she kind of eludes a a calm kind of nature. Um, You can see that she doesn't get too stressed out, like, In competitions, for example, where, like, I don't know, let's say the weather's bad, like, she'll still just be performing just as well if the weather was good. And then you'll see other people out there who maybe might have a bit more kind of reactive kind of personalities who are, like, freaking out a bit because the weather's bad and kind Mm. of maybe a bit more worried about it. Um, Yeah, I guess that's what I've kind of noticed.
0: So for you, because... You seem very cool, calm, collected, composed on the outside at least. (laughs) Thanks. Do you reckon bad weather? Obviously, it's bad, Mm. but do you reckon that helps you because everyone else gets worse because of the? But you're staying at the same level.
1: Mm. Well, that's what my coach always says. Like, he's like, you've got this because like you're not really phased by that. But everyone else freaks out. Other people freak out. Like, you see some like people really freak out when the weather gets bad. Like, Mm. just I don't know do weird takeoffs and weird jumps, but,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, you might have lost your train of thought just a second ago because I was looking up just in the background mm-hmm. here the name of the winner of the aerials at Beijing is Zhu Mengtao. Mm-hmm. That's it, from China. Yeah. She definitely doesn't seem the softly spoken, quiet, like no. she was freaking out <laughs> in a <her> celebration <laughs> on the TV. That was crazy, hey?
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's... <laughs> I haven't been around her much because, um, but she's been in the sport for quite a long time. But um, yeah, the last World Cup season, China wasn't there because they were still in China. But um, this season, they were all there, and this is the first time I've experienced (laughs) the way she goes about it. But you hear her like shouting from the top of the hill, like, um, and then at the bottom, she. It's kind of cool to watch though, because whatever happens, like if she doesn't land a jump, or if like her jump's not that nice in the air, she always celebrates at the bottom. Like she screams, yeah. Um,
0: and she was she doing celebrates. that for a good five minutes or so after she won the gold medal.
1: Yeah. Oh, she was ecstatic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you yeah. were there watching on. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, was it Daniel Scott and Laura Peel mm-hmm. were both in the final, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. So, in Beijing, yourself, how did you go?
1: Um. Yeah, like, I think I could have done a bit better, but I don't know. You
0: I nearly made the final, right? It was yeah, close. I was
1: about a point or so off. Yeah. Um, I could have done my first jump better. Um, I was happy with my second jump. Um, but, yeah, no, it was good fun. Like, I'm happy I landed both my jumps. I was having a bit of trouble with the – the hill was pretty steep, so it was kind of – like, you need to kind of think that you're about to land your stomach to kind of land on that hill. So mm. it just took a bit to get um, – Adjusted to, but, yeah, I was happy with how I went.
0: What were you aiming for going into it?
1: Like, I was aiming to make the final. Yeah, um, yeah my DD wasn't high enough to really progress into, like, the super final. What, what's DD? Sorry? The degree of difficulties. Okay, yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, the final had been cool, but.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, nearly, and you've got plenty of Olympics ahead of you, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How often do, or how long do aerial skiers usually go on for? Um like when do they um, usually retire?
1: I feel like a lot of them peak around their thirties. Oh, like a okay, lot of the wow. top like Danny and Laura are both um thirty, thirty one. Yeah. Um and Tao Tao, the girl who got the gold medal, I think she's in her thirties as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like people, yeah, really rise around that age.
0: <laughs> so after you did your your jumps, how are you feeling? Because so close to the final, mm-hmm. right? Um, but still was just pretty, well, from just our size perspective, it looked like did some pretty cool flips there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, as I said, I was feeling pretty happy to have landed both my jumps and Fair. to do clean jumps. Um, yeah, obviously, being so close, it was a bit disappointing. And then I guess kind of, yeah, you have that just overwhelming feeling of, my God, I just competed the Olympics. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a bit emotional, but yeah, it was good.
0: Pinching yourself all the way through.
1: Yeah, well, it was interesting because it, like, it obviously felt like a bigger event. But all of our like competitions that season and last season, we haven't had any crowds because of COVID mm. or anything. Um, and that was kind of the same with the games. Like, there weren't really big crowds as I'm sure there usually is. Mm. Um, so it kind of just felt like it was like me just doing my own thing and, you know, going out there and doing what I need to do. Mm. Um, so yeah.
0: So you, were you saying one point off the final, something like that? Mm, yep. What, how, how do you reckon you could have made up that one point if you had your time again?
1: Well, on my first jump, which was my high degree of difficulty jump, um,
0: and you, I should just say for listeners, you have to pre-select your jumps, right? So the judges yeah. know what jumps you're doing, going in. You don't just randomly choose it in the moment.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. You have a, um, you, uh, yeah, you say what jump you want to do, but then up to like 30 seconds before you go, you can change it if you want to. Okay. So like if I was like at the back of the field and I saw everyone was like playing it safe, I could change my jump and play it safe or...
0: Right. But you just have to let them know. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, sorry, back on the question. Mm -hmm. What what do you reckon you could have done differently? Or what could you do differently if you had your time again to just get that one point, get that little bit closer?
1: Yeah, well, on my first jump, which was my high difficulty, um, like I'm happy with how it was in the air and the takeoff and everything, but on the um, landing, I kind of – my left arm kind of went down a bit, like close to my boots, and I think – Like, I watched the replay. It looks like I kind of touched the snow with my hand. I didn't touch the snow with my hand, but I think the judges thought that. um, And that um, cost me a few points. So if I just kept my arm up a little bit, yeah, yeah, I would have got the few points.
0: Jeez. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, you didn't touch the snow with your hand, but the judges thought Mm. you did, and that's cost you a spot in the final.
1: Yeah.
0: feels a bit unfair, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So how do you get over that because just that feeling of injustice must be so hard to kind of, yeah, put away.
1: Yeah. Like at the start I was a bit, well, I wasn't mad about it. I was just kind of a bit disappointed about it. And like watching the replay, like I could see why they would have on first glance thought that I touched the snow. So I was like, mm. I just need to learn to not do that in the future. Because <laughs> like, that was a bit of my habit, like, um I don't know if you saw some of the other really good landings but like they like push their hands forward and it looks like so effortless. It's, yeah. And I think I just need to really try and practice that effort effortless landing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is there a way that you can practice that off skis or do you have to be doing the jumps to practice that?
1: Um like I reckon on skis it's probably yeah. The most transferable, mm. just doing it. But um, there's
0: nothing, there's not a particular exercise you can do Yeah,
1: Like we, every morning we kind of warm up and we do like landing drills. So we like practice kind of jumping off a box and landing or okay. like, I don't know, having a ball thrown at us. So you're kind of like, I don't know, your attention is kind of on the ball, but you're still landing well. So you kind of do all that kind of stuff and yeah. proprioception and yeah. So I guess that all helps as well.
0: Yeah. So trying to get over that feeling of being hard done by which like Mm. like we're talking about it would have been just so so hard just Mm -hmm. so so unlucky for the judges to see it in a way that you're saying just wasn't true yeah did you get support from your teammates or your sister or your family and stuff like that to help you get over
1: Mm it yeah like everyone was I don't know everyone was really nice they were all um They all said that I did really well and did really nice jumps and, yeah. I don't Mm. know. Nobody really, like, I don't know. I think I got over it pretty quickly, so it wasn't really, like, I needed much support necessarily for that. But, I don't know, there's just the support of people saying they watched and they were very proud and impressed and stuff. That kind of just helped, I guess.
0: Yeah, Laura and Danny, they got into the final Mm -hmm. and lots of people considered Laura a chance for gold or a medal and maybe Danny as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, not many Aussie winter Olympians are kind of expected to contend for medals and they're probably not putting too much pressure on themselves and realistically aiming to get medals, Mm -hmm. right? Because obviously the nature of Australia, it's hard to be really good at a winter sport, right? Mm -hmm. So... In the village, is it still an ultra-competitive, high-pressure environment, or do you reckon it's a bit more chilled out because there's less pressure f- to getting heaps of medals for everyone?
1: Um, like, I think it's pretty chill, um, but not necessarily because people don't expect medals. I just think that, like, I don't know, I guess what I experienced, like, in the Australian house... Um, everyone was just really supportive of each other. So, like, we had, like, a TV going on and, like, I don't know, if your event wasn't coming up and you were just down there, like, watching, you'd be super supportive of, like, another person trying to get a medal or... um Yeah, there was never any sense of, like, people being really stressed out because they needed a medal or highly strung or anything. Um Like, obviously, I think in... um from the Australians who went to the games, like there was quite a few medal contenders, but um, yeah, I don't think that it was highly strong at all, really, because of that.
0: Mm. When were you there when Aussies won medals? Were you in the mm-hmm. village? What, what was the experience yeah. of that like? Because obviously, it's well, it seems like such a tight knit community, mm. the winter mm-hmm. athletes. What was that experience of celebrating a medal for someone else, another Aussie, like?
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Um, as I said, we had, like, this little lounge and a TV, so if you didn't actually go out to the event, like, there was probably, like, a lot of us, like, kind of crabbed into this little room um, watching this TV, and everyone was just, like, so happy for the person who had won a medal or just competed and done well. Um, I was at the Moguls when Jakara won her gold, and that was pretty awesome watching... Her do a run like she was so consistent the whole night, and then yeah, to get the gold, it was yeah. pretty awesome,
0: amazing. And yeah, could you go to any event you liked, or what was the deal, COVID wise, with that?
1: Um, yeah, we were pretty much able to go to any event, but um, I only went to Moguls because we just arrived, and um, well, obviously, you watched Sophie, um, and we didn't really have much training, but. It was kind of hard to go event, to go to events because they were pretty long and it was freezing in Beijing. Um, so you kind of wanted, I guess, conserve your energy for training or comp. But, yeah, yeah after the comp I went to like the cross-country and stuff and oh, yeah. that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, And,
0: yeah, just being at the Olympics, just stuff going on everywhere. That would be mm-hmm. awesome, wouldn't it? But you mentioned Sophie there, being at the Games with her, mm-hmm. that's just got to be so surreal, hey? Yeah. skiing together all your life. And now you're there in Beijing together, both making your debut. Mm-hmm. It's incredible.
1: Yeah, no, it was very cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you hang out much together and kind of were you you're pinching yourself simultaneously about both being there at the same time?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I arrived on the night of the day of her qualifications, actually. So we were on this bus. We're um, from the Beijing airport. We... Um, catch a bus for, like, three to four hours and then um, you get to, like, the Olympic Village. Um, and her event was going on, so we were, like, live streaming from the iPad. That was pretty cool. Um, and then when I got there, the day after was, like, the – oh, no, a train day, so I hung out with her during the day and, yeah, that was pretty cool. We got all the, you know, the typical Olympic ring photo together or yeah. something. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, being able to go out and watch the finals – I know, that was very cool. It was mm. um, very stressful. It's a lot more stressful watching than actually doing. <laughs> yeah. um, and you f- you'd feel yeah.
0: particularly stressed out watching your sister, right?
1: Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I was super proud of her. She did. I think she did awesome.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, I think I think I actually interviewed her on the day of your event because it got postponed, okay. didn't it? So, yeah, yeah she was um, very quite nervous oh, on yeah. the day there. <laughs> um, very excited to watch mm-hmm. it, but... Um, what what do you reckon the coolest story out, out of Beijing was that you experienced, maybe that you've told people since coming back?
1: Oh, cool story. I feel like there's not one really cool story. Like, there was just a lot of really cool moments. Like, I guess the highlights are, yeah, the Australian house and, like, just everyone being, like, just... Oh, and it's such a community and just such a sense of camaraderie, which is just super cool. But um, uh, I kind of reckon that was the coolest part of it.
0: Just like, the overall atmosphere. Yeah, just there.
1: the overall atmosphere. And, like, yeah. this site was awesome. Um, I can't say there's too many cool stories from that just, like, because, like, it was training and then the comp. Like, obviously, that's cool in itself, but, like...
0: Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing's cooling itself, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. That it's, yeah. All the volunteers were super excited. Um, they were all dressed like minions at like the <laughs> <laughs> the airport and stuff, but. <laughs> yeah. With the yeah. Big,
0: they had the big visors on and everything for COVID, didn't they? Yeah, like yeah, the full hazmat pretty,
1: suits and pretty, everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Pretty intense. It's
1: pretty surreal. <laughs> yeah.
0: When you started, when you were 18, started aerial <laughs> skiing, could you see yourself being. At Beijing. Five no. years later. <laughs>
1: no, I didn't. <laughs> um,
0: when, when did it set in for you that you could qualify for this Winter Olympics?
1: Um, it probably didn't set in until like, like the start of twenty twenty one, or twenty maybe end of twenty twenty. Yeah. Um.
0: And when did you qualify?
1: Like officially qualified mid Jan. January, okay. so it was pretty close to us actually leaving
0: well, did you non officially qualify as well or? yeah
1: um well like it was so it was the points taken over like the two past two seasons, and um after i got I got six in one of the world cups in Rooker, and that I think if you get a top it was either a top six, I think it was top six, so I just got it um then you automatically um get a spot for Australia. But technically, that's not your spot. That's just one of it. That's Australia's spot. Yeah. I so like Laura and Danny had already got a spot, sweet three spots. Yeah. So technically, one of the other girls could have maybe gotten that spot, but
0: mm. yeah. They gave it to you. Yeah. It's yeah. quite good, and now you're here. It's yeah. Awesome. But before we get to our final little segment bit, we've got a final question that we ask to everyone mm-hmm. here on the show, where do we begin? Gabby, do you have a life philosophy uh, something like a guiding principle or a quote or anything like that that you help let kind of shape your decisions?
1: Hmm. I wouldn't say I have a quote. Um, a guiding philosophy. I wouldn't say I have one philosophy that I kind of follow that guides my decisions, but I don't know. I like to... As I kind of mentioned before, approach things kind of calmly or just, I don't know, and just, yeah, as I said also earlier, have fun with it. Like, Mm. I don't know, be spontaneous or be, don't take things too seriously, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. I'm working on that, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) That's good,
0: that's good. And we can tell from Mm -hmm well, from the outside. You, you don't take things too seriously. Cool, calm, collected, having yeah. fun. It's yeah. very good. And, mm-hmm. yeah, you spoke about that in the pocket profile. Before we get to our last segment, we've been going about an hour, so mm. might take a little break, stretch our legs, and for the listeners, we'll play a little snippet of that pocket profile, which you can find on the Patreon page. There's a little link for it in the episode description. So have a listen to that. Meanwhile, we're going to take a little break. Be back in a sec. Greta Thunberg or something like that? Is
1: yeah, well, Greta's pretty awesome. Yeah. I did see her, actually. I was in um, oh, really? Glasgow at the, um, the COP, and I went to one of the days. Oh. I saw her talk.
0: Right, so was pretty sweet. were you at that for a skiing thing? or
1: I had a two-week break between ski camps. So, oh. yeah, I went to it because I have family in Scotland. Yeah. And, um, right. Yeah, it just happened that I was there for literally the two weeks that the cop was on. Oh, wow. Which was like good, but also everything was shut in um, Glasgow because of it. So yeah. I could not really see anything. But um, oh. yeah, I went to one of the days where it was like the youth march and there was like 10 speakers or so um, talking like from um, and a whole bunch of countries and then Greta was last. Yeah. That yeah, was pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So there we go. That was a little snippet from Gabby's profile that we did just before this, but Gabby, uh, it's Where Do We Begin Quiz Time. It's our favourite time of every single episode. So I'm going to hit the music. We love that music. It gets you very pumped up and it's time to get serious, Gabby. I hope you're fired up. I hope you're getting very, very serious. Uh, Of course, it's time for the the world-famous Where Do We Begin Quiz. And I've got to say, Lockie... Lockie's um, not going to be here for most episodes this season because of his work situation. So, we're mixing it up. We've got to adapt to Lockie not being here. Usually, Lockie competes against the guest in this quiz, but okay. we are mixing it up. So, you're actually the first to do this kind of new alteration. Of the okay. Quiz. So, you're going to be first on the leaderboard no matter what after awesome. this. We love that. Mm. Out of 10 points. Yeah. 10 points on offer here. And, um, yeah, you're going to end today at the top of the ladder. It says there in my notes. Uh, almost forgot it. But, of course, that could soon change because every single other guest is going to be fighting tooth and nail to overtake you. I'm sure they are, yeah. It's serious <laughs> stuff. This where do we begin <laughs> quiz. We might even have a little final series, a little grand final at the end of the year, see how it goes. But you ready to get into these questions? Yeah. Okay. So, in all our quizzes here, we um, – Kind of keep it a little bit connected to the guest. Have it's not what uh, what, what your results or anything like that, but it's some very very loose connection to the guest for all our questions. And okay. um, we've yeah we've mixed it up for this one for you, Gabby. They all follow all the questions follow a very specific theme. So mm-hmm. there are there are lots of words that rhyme with your surname, Ash. Okay. <laughs> so every single question in this quiz rhymes with Ash, your okay. surname. So 10 points on offer, and, uh, yeah, we'll see how we go with all these questions that rhyme with
1: ash. I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you should be. It's serious stuff. Yeah, it's no, more definitely. serious than any Olympics, any world championships, anything oh, like that. <laughs> yeah. You want to be getting that top spot uh, yeah. by the end of the year. It's, yeah, highly sought after. But, okay. anyway, we'll get into question one, and I'll hit the special quiz music. On the 31st of August, 1997, Gabby, Princess Diana... And two of her associates died in a road accident. In which city was the crash?
1: Oh, I should know this. Um, I feel like my initial thought would be London, or someone in, Ameri- in America. I'm going to say London.
0: I'm going to say London. London. No, isn't correct. <laughs> Answer was Paris. Oh. Princess Diana car crash in Paris. Okay. If it's not the greatest start. No. Move on to question two. Only we can up, get on yeah. the board here. Yeah, only up from here. The only way is up. Let's see if we can get on the board with question two. We'll hit the music again. In 1998, Titanic became the highest-grossing film of all time. Which two actors playing Rose and Jack shared an on-screen patch in this box office smash? Do you like the way I rhymed that? Was-
1: yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
0: Have you seen Titanic?
1: I have. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, oh, I can't forget her name. Oh, I know her name.
0: I think she was very young when she was in this movie. Maybe even a teenager.
1: Oh. I feel like it's a Kate. It's not Kate Winslet, is it? No. Oh, I suck at quizzes. <laughs> um, it's left me. I don't know.
0: Do you want to have a stab in the dark? You've got to be in it to win it.
1: I don't know why I think it's a Kate. Is it a Kate? Is it Kate Winslet?
0: Is that your answer, Lean And I was a and Kate Winslet.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say that.
0: Okay. I don't think that's right. Very early bit of tension in this quiz here, mm-hmm. so we'll hit a drum roll. You said Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet shared an uh, an on-screen patch in this box office smash. Absolutely correct. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> I was scared there, oh, nearly backed out. I was
1: really not backing myself there. <laughs> yeah, you've got to back yourself. <laughs> yeah, no. let's yeah. hope
0: we can learn some lessons from okay. question two and move on to question three. Yeah. Let's see if you can double your score. Yep. Uh well, I should just ask. Do you know who Chappelle Corby is? Yes. Gabby. Yeah. Okay. Famously, uh, she's an Aussie woman who uh, spent nine years in an Indonesian prison after a conviction for smuggling marijuana into the country in 2005. So the question is, to the nearest kilogram, Gabby, how much hash was in her stash?
1: Oh, I could tell you where it was, but uh, not how much was.
0: (laughs) To the nearest kilogram. Two? 2 kilograms. Yep. Uh, I've, lost, I've lost my thing here. Will we stop the music? <laughs> 2 kilograms, you said? Yep. It's incorrect. <laughs> 4.2 kilograms oh, of well, weed okay. in her... Was it in her like, bodyboard? Yeah, a body. Board, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What, yeah, she says it was just put in there and... Wow. Yeah, she had no idea what was going on. 4.2. That's not discreet
1: at all, really. Yeah, that is a lot
0: of uh, marijuana, isn't it? Yeah, well. Move on to question four. Um, I'll hit the music again. Based on his trademark single-colour stage outfits, what was the nickname of legendary country singer Johnny Cash?
1: (gasps) Oh. I have absolutely no clue. <laughs> based off a colour?
0: Yeah, so it's, he wore one colour on stage, all his outfits were one colour, and it's based off that.
1: Was it really bad though? I have no idea. Um. <laughs>
0: yeah, this is the hardest one in the okay. whole thing, I think.
1: I'm feeling yellow, so I'm just going to go with something with yellow. I'm just going to say yellow. (laughs) The
0: yellow fellow or
1: something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good one. It's definitely not right. It's
0: (laughs) It's a bit bananas in pyjamas, the yellow fellow. And, of course, it's incorrect, unfortunately. It's the man in black.
1: Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay, that yeah. sure shows. Yeah, you don't. I thought it was a bit more abstract than that. <laughs> yeah,
0: <it's laughs> quite simple. You don't like me. as a huge Johnny Cash fan.
1: No, I know um, it is, but yeah, yeah clearly not. <laughs> yeah, country
0: music, not really your thing overall. It's
1: not my go-to now. Yeah, have
0: you heard of Ring of Fire? That song.
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. his song. Yeah, yeah it's okay. a famous
0: one. Um, but we'll move on to question five. This is the second last question, and you're on. You're on one point out of four. But let's right. hope you can double that for question five. Gabby, are you much of an AFL fan? No. Not really. Oh, yeah, we covered that in before, didn't we? You're not much of an AFL fan, but you might be able to get this. Which two AFL teams have jumpers featuring a Sash?
1: Why not? It's not Collingwood.
0: <laughs> okay, Do you have a team that you support? Or? I'd
1: say Richmond.
0: Richmond? Okay.
1: I'm going to take an absolute stab in the dark. I'm just going to say don't think it, it's not Richmond either. I'm going to say, like, I'm trying to think of ones now. <laughs> um, St. Kilda?
0: Are we going Richmond and St. Kilda?
1: Oh, maybe St. Kilda and... I have no idea. Essendon or... Yeah, I'm just going to go with that.
0: Which two are you going with?
1: St. Kilda and, and Essendon.
0: St. Kilda and Essendon. Get a bit of a drum roll going here. So you you gave us three three names there. Yeah. You said, "Oh, you said it definitely wasn't Collingwood." You gave us Richmond. Yeah. St Kilda and Essendon. Yeah. You went with St Kilda and Essendon. Here a drum roll. Essendon is correct, but to get the point, you need the other one. The other one is richmond oh my gosh mm-hmm. not st kilda <laughs> no <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh was, I was so I, close yeah i thought you were a good right track there when you said richmond but then,
1: oh, no
0: yeah i don't know why i doubted richmond yeah back yourself gabby we we talked about that before
1: i know <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah
0: okay okay look so we're on one point out of five mm-hmm. no one point out of six at the moment i think or is it one point out of five I'm not quite sure. Um, let me have a look at this. Uh, it's one point out of, yeah, one point out of five. Okay. Losing track there. So we've got five more points on offer here. Okay. And it's all in one question. This question is a who oh, am wow. I question. So okay. I'm going to start with a five point clue, then a four point clue, three point clue, all the way leading down to a one point clue. Mm-hmm. You can have one guess at it whenever you want. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, all the clues that are leading to who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the question. So let's hit the music for this final Who Am I question. Okay. I was born on the 21st of August 1986 to parents Wellesley and Jennifer, both of whom ran a local grocery store to make their cash.
1: That's a five-point question. <laughs> yeah, that's the five-point clue. We'll
0: probably move on from that. that's very, yeah. that's very tricky starting there. Moving on to the four-point clue. I tested positive for COVID-19 in August 2020, soon after hanging out with sports stars, including Raheem Sterling and Chris Gale, at my 34th birthday bash.
1: Is this a 40 player or something? Oh, I vaguely remember this in the news. you'll,
0: You'll know this person. I will? Yeah. Well, I'd be very, very surprised if you didn't know this person.
1: Okay. Okay, then move on to the next three one.
0: Three Okay, that's all right. For three points. Trialling a new sport in 2018, I played with Australian soccer club Central Coast Mariners to make a brief but big splash. Should we move on to the two-point clue? We shall, yep. <laughs> okay, that's all right. You might be able to get it here. Let's see how we go. I have one of the most famous celebration moves in the world. And for that, some people think me brash. Really having to reach far to get a ride with your name for that, that clue there.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I feel like I have an idea, but I just can't name the person. Should
0: I move on to the one-point clue, or do you want to go for two points?
1: I think we need to go to one point.
0: That's all right. Okay. So <laughs> if you get this, you finish the quiz on two points. If you don't get it, you finish it on one point how we go. For the one point clue, at the 2009 World Athletics Championships, I ran a world record time of 9.58 seconds, quick as a flash in the 100 metre dash. It's
1: this Usain bang,
0: Bolt? Bang. <laughs> Usain Bolt. I'll do a drum roll. Might be one of the most unnecessary drum rolls I've ever done, because of course it is Usain Bolt. Oh, yeah. Well done. Good stuff, Gabby. <laughs> Yeah, the 100-meter dash really gave it away. Yeah, and, did you? That's uh, good. We but always, then putting
1: that together with the signature move, I was like, i has got to be here.
0: Yeah. Do, you even, do we even know another 100-meter sprinter? Well, yeah, true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't myself. Oh, maybe Rowan Browning?
1: See, I reckon you threw me off yeah. with the soccer. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh. Yeah. I 2nd guess myself there. Yeah, well, but, yeah,
0: mm. it was good I didn't choose an AFL player or anything. because.
1: Well, yeah, true, yeah. That,
0: yeah, definitely would have thrown you. But, yeah. um, yeah, finished that quiz on two points, was it? So, yeah. Gabby, I've got to play you some victory music because as of right now, you are top of the Where Do We Begin quiz ladder.
1: We're here. <laughs>
0: very, very good stuff. Uh, congratulations. Is there anyone you'd like to thank for getting to the top spot?
1: Oh, just anyone like you'd to like thank to dedicate to? My family to? and everyone who supported me and educated me. Uh, clearly, mm-hmm. it's, um, clearly, it's done well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, definitely need to work on my trivia skills, but... <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, who knows? The other people in the future could get even even fewer points than two. That
1: is true. At least I got two points better than zero. Two points. Look on the bright side, right? Yeah, look on the bright side. Room for
0: improvement. Room for improvement. Maybe you can come back later and get 10 points. Let's see how it goes. But before, actually, just before we go, we're about to go. um, We give away some where do we begin hats on this show, or we give away discount code. Uh, mm-hmm. for the Where Do We Begin corduroy caps. Mm-hmm. And uh, the discount code, we usually just make it the guest's name. So mm-hmm. Gabby Ash, do you reckon that's a good g- discount code, 20% off. Great name, yep. Yeah, so just plug in Gabby mm-hmm. Ash. To the, uh, you can go to wheretowebegin.com.au to get your hands on some of those caps. Uh, plug in the code Gabby Ash and there you go, 20% off. Absolutely lovely. You've already got a cap of your own. Hope you enjoy that. But, uh, I'm sure I will. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I uh, hope you enjoyed coming on. I hope you enjoyed the show, guys. Yeah, Gabby, no, it's
1: been thank great. Thank you fun. very much. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Appreciate it. And thanks for listening, guys. It's been good.